Yeah, uh, yeah. Woo! Phone ringing for the work. They waiting on me like the 15 and the first. I'm killing competition, put them bitches in the hearse. Being diagnosed with a sick flow, with a nurse. Yeah, do it for the city, but the And welcome to another edition of the Bubble Let Sports Podcast, everybody. Thank you for joining us today, where our topic for episode 112 will be my first impressions of the XFL from this past weekend. Now let's let's slow our roll a little bit. You, don't worry, big fella. I'll get to it. First of all, got a few things to run through. YouTube, anybody that's watching this video right now through YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button and to ring the bell in order to get notifications when we do new episodes and when we do live streams itself. Um, and I don't know what our progress is on youtube i think we're still at 38 subscribers so we're still on the goal of getting to 50 subscribers we're over 200 views on all of our episodes on youtube so far and if you're just listening to this on spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from um continue the the support and then go on anchor.fm slash to support the podcast with either a dollar five dollars or ten dollars a month per subscription we're still on six i believe and Let's try to get to 10. Why not? Let's let's get one. It's been a long time since we've gotten one. So if you can be that one person that can get it going, I'll make sure to shout you out. And all the people that follow, all the people that subscribe, thank you so much for supporting me and the podcast. We're only going to get better from here. So let's get into it, shall we? XFL, man, two years in the making. If you really look at the history, it's been 20 plus years in the making. First version of the XFL did not go so well. Did not go so well at all. So this time around, still Vince McMahon, still everything. So the Extreme Football League. Um, I was pretty excited. I recorded all the, the games. I watched the Saturday games. I'm actually still watching the, the LA Wildcats and the Houston Renegades game right now. And I'll tell you what, man. My first impressions. I love this league. I am so fond of it so far. And it's so different from how I watch the NFL because with the NFL, I'm interested. I'm emotionally invested in different players, different teams. I love the Cowboys myself, but I love football in general. And I love to cheer for some teams, boo some teams, but in all in all, appreciation for all football in the NFL. And it's a hard game to really invest in because it's it's dedication. There's a lot of emotion built into it. And there's just so much strategically that you look into that game, into that league, and you say, like, you got to be focused. You can't miss a single thing. It's so organized, so detailed. And yet, watching the XFL this weekend, I felt so relaxed. I felt so composed. And I consumed it at such a different level than I did the NFL. And it was so nice to do. You know, it had the same feeling of a college football game, yet... It's guys that have been proven time and time again that they can play at an elite level. And we'll get into some things that I feel like they did wrong, feel like they did very right. But one of the first things from the very beginning of watching that game, and even the, the before the game even started, was the announcers mentioning multiple times how these guys are NFL talent players. And they've been with either practice squads, they've been second string, third string guys in the NFL, they got drafted by this team, NFL, NFL, NFL. And I think the first time that we ever saw the XFL, it was going to be 
look, uh, we're not, we're going to compete against the NFL. We are trying to be the alternative to the NFL, but we're not going to mention them. We're going to be better than them. We're going to be so different from them. And one of the reasons why they were unsuccessful is that the NFL is a monopoly. They're, they are taking over in the football league and the football game itself, that it's hard to compete against that league. And a guy that created this, Vince McMahon, was it was so shocking to me because of the fact that if you watch wrestling or if you ever watch wrestling, you know that the WWE never mentions another promotion. They never mentioned Ring of Honor. They never mentioned TNA Impact. They never mentioned New Japan, where a lot of these guys came from or have been at in their previous careers. And even now with AEW, who's been the alternative to the WWE, and a lot of people prefer because it is the alternative, David Goliath type of storyline, even then they do not mention them whatsoever. No matter if a guy was born and raised in Ring of Honor, born and raised in New Japan, and got his fame there. One guy that really comes to mind is Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, a Japanese wrestler who was known for his strong style in New Japan, and became one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Kenny Omega as well. You know, but in WWE, Shinsuke Nakamura is one of those guys that when he reached NXT, they mentioned it a little bit in New Japan. And then when he got to the main roster with you know WWE Raw, SmackDown, there was no mention. There was no recollection of him having a previous career to WWE. And there's a lot of guys on that roster that you can make that case for. So what I thought they were going to do in this revamped version of the XFL was to avoid the NFL as much as possible. We're going to be different from the NFL. We're going to be the alternative to the NFL. And, you know, as soon as the Super Bowl ends, there's no NFL for like six months. And then so it's just us. You know, you get to watch us for, let's say, two or three months. And we're going to fill that gap as much as we can. Yet, from the very beginning, it was like, this guy played in the NFL. This guy was drafted by the Oakland Raiders. This guy was on the practice team literally last year with the Denver Broncos. It didn't matter if it was affiliated with the NFL. They wanted to make sure that the, the credibility of this league was along attached with the NFL. And I thought that was a good way strategically of going about it is that I thought they were just going to try to be different. They were just going to avoid it as much as possible. You know, even the promotions coming up to it and all the advertisements, like let's say on SmackDown where they're mentioning the Super Bowl and then right after they are mentioning the XFL. It was kind of weird, but as soon as that broadcast started on the first game, you got the sense that like, hey, they are just going to be kind of a, a developmental league to the NFL in a sense, kind of like college football is. But a lot of these guys that never got the chance or never got a second chance in the NFL can now have a bounce back, a backup plan. But it's by no means a deterioration. They're going to still play at a high level. It's not like an amateur league. All in all, the main goal for these players in the XFL, and they mentioned this on the broadcast, was they are trying to get back to the NFL. So that's cool. Like, I love that. I, I didn't think they would go that route of like, I, I would say those guys that are playing the XFL, like that's their, their glory days. That is their, their main goal. And I, I thought that's where the XFL was going to try to go, but they really just said, hey, we all know that that league over there is the best. Like they, they are dominating and we're never going to beat that. Much like how a lot of other promotions in wrestling are never going to be WWE, but find your own niche, find your, your marketing tactic. And I bet you if you do that, like if you execute that perfectly, 
man, you got yourself a nice product that people can watch and not feel contracted to watch one or the other. Like you can watch both and love both. That's where I felt. That's where I fall into the spectrum. So mentioning NFL as much as possible, awesome, because there are so many players that were expected to do really good in the NFL or were high prospects in the NFL are now in the XFL and they are the main stars. But that doesn't mean that everyone else is just terrible. Everyone else is just some guys that you find on a barn somewhere. They say, that guy can play lineman. Let's just throw him in there. Let's just replace him with your typical NFL guys. That is not the case at all. Most of those guys that are playing on the XFL right now have some NFL experience. Whether they went undrafted and they went up on a, on a practice team or they played snaps in the NFL as a starter, it didn't matter. Eli Rogers, Cardell Jones, it didn't matter. You had the credibility of NFL guys on your field, even if it's not the 80,000 seat stadium that you're trying to fill up it's only maybe 15 to 20,000 it doesn't matter and even if you don't sell out dude it's your first weekend as a actual league you don't you don't need to sell out this is a growing process and I think that's where the first time the XFL did was we're gonna try to sell out as much as possible we're giving away tickets we're just trying to make it look full when in reality it's not about that it's about good giving you a good product that you can come back for in another week i'm hooked i am hooked from day one the first broadcast was on espn steve levy greg mcelroy greg mcelroy by the way very good commentator for the first game of the xfl he is not to the same level as tony romo but a guy that has played quarterback in the league at a high level and was great in college look he never he never really branched out as a star in the nfl He's always been a solid commentator, a solid analyst, and this is a perfect job for him. I love Steve Levy because he's always on SportsCenter. I grew up with Steve Levy. And then so the personalities that they put into the XFL, I love them so far. They got Pat McAfee. They got they got Joel Klatt. Joel Klatt, my dad, is on TV right now, and he's talking about how good the XFL is. It's not to the same level of the NFL, but these guys are legit, and I love that, man. So... As far as watching those games, and, and so far, I am hooked. I'm going to watch next week. I'm going to record those games next week. This is a two-month process of, of 10 regular season games. Then you got the, the one and two seeds from each conference, which we'll get into, and then the actual championship around April, I believe, right where like the NFL draft either starts or is right after the draft. So perfect time. Now, I will say that the one thing about the XFL I did not like was their timing. I didn't think that their timing was correct. I wanted a little bit more of a grace period before you got into the XFL season. Because let's say they were already advertising for the Super Bowl and they're saying, hey, this is the last game of the NFL season, so why don't you like, you know, fill up your, your, um, your kind of, what's a good way of putting it? Your lack of football, lack of a better term, actually, uh, lack of football until, let's say, September. You only have the draft, but no football is being played until September, whether it's college or professional. So in order to fill that gap, how about next week you come to watch our league and see how you like it, and we'll get like three months out of the way for you before you start considering NFL again. It's like, yeah, I get that. Like, you got the audience that you want, the people that love football, the casual football fans that are saying, like, wow, the the 
Dallas Cowboys are my football team in the NFL, but apparently there's the Dallas Renegades. Why not check them out? They're playing at Globe Life Stadium. That's really close to the AT&T Stadium. I mean, 10 bucks for a ticket? Why not, right? It's a good old fun time, even if you don't watch football religiously. It's, oh, I know Landry Jones. I know Bob Stoops. Like, those guys I grew up watching. This is actually pretty legit. And then you have the hardcore fans where are just like, I'm going to watch football no matter what. I don't care what it is. I'm going to watch football like this guy right here, as you can tell behind me. So I get that the advertisement, the marketing was set for during the Super Bowl season, during the Super Bowl game itself. And then right after you start getting into your XFL season, just to, to fill in that gap of no football, I felt like you should have gone the route of, you know, a month after the Super Bowl, two months after the Super Bowl, you're just kind of like the draft happened. So we're just going to start like talk about training camp, free agency, see how that goes. But then after that, you're kind of just waiting throughout the summer saying there's no football. There's there's nothing. I, I can't watch training camp. There's nothing exciting about training camp, nothing exciting about practices. You know, like it, it's you can go watch a practice or a scrimmage. Cool. But like, I don't get football. I don't get that excitement. So why don't you do you know, two months down the road after the Super Bowl is done and say you catch people at like the perfect time where they're just like watching, let's say, basketball or watching baseball. And they're just kind of like, this is cool and all, but I want football. And that's where you get them. You get them with that advertisement of like, hey, do you miss football? Do you love the game of football? Or do you just want to watch it because you want to see people get hit? Hey, do we have the league for you? Remember the XFL 20 years ago? Hopefully not because this is different. But hey, we're starting a new league. You know, we got new teams. We got players you know or players that you've seen play in the NFL. Some really good coaches. Casual. It's just these are the new rules, which we'll get into as well because I love them. New rules, different, alternative, but these guys are NFL ready. So why don't you come watch it? I'd be like, damn, yeah, let me do that. I miss football that much. And I have two more months before I can really consider myself invested in another NFL season. So why not watch that and see how fun it is? Because it's a hell of a time, man. It's really fun. So that's where the only big negative that I have on the XFL so far is their timing. Well, when I started watching, man, I, I didn't care. I didn't care. I thought everything about it was awesome. You can sense that it was like a, a developmental league, that it was like up and coming. It was like a slow starting process. There were some production issues, you know, your typical stuff. And immediately, like you saw the differences and you're kind of like, well, that's weird. I, I never, never got accustomed to that. Let's say like sideline interviews. As soon as a guy runs it for like 30 yards and goes on the sideline, they immediately get a reporter on there and say, how, how did that play uh, happen? You know, what did you see on that play? A lot of times you're not going to get the best answer. Some guys are going to drop F-bombs, which happened a lot this weekend. Um, you get the typical, it's just like, I just read it. You know, I just, just did what I did. And you're just going to be like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, I didn't need to know that. I didn't need to hear it. I, I knew that happened. Um, or you get stupid questions like, I forget who, who it was, but it was on the first game. And the the woman announcer, not because she's a woman, but she just, like, I, I thought it was the stupidest question in the world. It was on a touchdown pass, um, and it, they, they focused on the wide receiver that caught it. You know, it has some history of his family being in the NFL and being, like, a second or third generation guy. 
and then how the play developed. And then she asked him, did you guys practice that, that play at all? I'm sorry, but this is a professional league. I'm pretty sure that what's in the playbook, they don't just improvise it on the fly and say, just just run it up the middle. Just just stop right there. Turn around and I'm gonna throw it to you, okay? All right, cool. That's not what happens. So the the question of did you practice that? I'm pretty sure these guys that have practiced everything imaginable on the field probably practiced that play. I'm pretty sure they did. All right. But then you have some solid like announcers, some solid sideline reporters like Pat McAfee. My man. That man can do wonders. And he did a very good job, very solid questions. He's known for being a funny, you know, outgoing guy, a, a strong presence personality-wise. Yet it felt like he was just so comfortable in that spot just to ask the right questions. And when he would, you know, crack that joke every once in a while, it was perfect. I loved it. That's where I loved it, especially on Fox. Fox does a way better job of doing those games than ESPN does right now. And that's where I'm kind of conflicted because it's like you got ESPN, then you got ESPN on ABC, then you got Fox, then you got FS1, FS2. There's only 10, um, 10 uh, teams in the league right now. Um, or is it? It's eight. It's eight, right? Yeah, it's eight. Sorry. There's 10 games. There's eight teams. Um, so there's not like a lot of coverage around everything. It's going to be like two games on ESPN, two games on Fox. Cool. All in all, Saturday and Sunday. Awesome. So it fills in that gap too of Saturday and then Sundays. So, um, I mean, I, I, I loved it, man. Like I, I love the, uh, the production of it. I thought it was very professional. There wasn't anything amateur about it. There were some issues, but you, you're always going to have those on your first broadcast. I thought it went well for the overall like weekend itself. They got 3 million viewers on their first game on ESPN, which is awesome, man. Like that's great. 3 million people watching football. That's not NFL. It's not to the same numbers as the NFL, but Hey, it's a good start. So let's get into the actual teams itself. And I'm actually figured out how to do my screen on here. So we're going to switch it. Whoa, stay with me here. So then I mean, first game of the season was the D.C. Defenders against the Seattle Dragons. Fun game to watch. Cardell Jones from the D.C. Defenders. He will definitely be in the running for MVP of this league because that man, he did so well in Ohio State, still undefeated as a starter. And it took some time for this game to go. But, I mean, when it did, man, like even Seattle Dragons, they had some great plays, some great um, running game. Their running backs are really good this year. So I, I think you would watch out for that. Their defense is uh, pretty bad. The D.C. defenders getting the win at home, 31-19. Then the game I'm actually watching right now in the background is the Houston Roughnecks against the L.A. Wildcats. Or, or according to Kurt Menefee, it's the Houston Renegades because he said that about 10 times in the first like five minutes of the game. 37-17. Um, some really good players on there too. I, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed. You know, L.A. Wildcats, remember Sean Oakman? The guy from that meme from Baylor, he's the big dude that had the rock-hard abs and never made it to the NFL. Well, he's on the LA Wildcats now. That's crazy. Um, a lackluster game, the New York Guardians, 23-3 over the Tampa Bay Vipers, which is probably my favorite team because Tampa Bay Vipers sounds way cooler than Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then 
my team right now, the Dallas Renegades, Renegade, Renegade, Ren I had to do it once. Uh, they got beaten by the St. Louis Battlehawks, 15-9. Pretty stale game. Uh, Landry Jones, from the, the backup from the Pittsburgh Steelers, is basically the face of the XFL right now. He plays for the Dallas Renegades. He actually got hurt in this game, too. But huge upset for St. Louis Battlehawks. Apparently, the Dallas Renegades are the most favorite team in this league to win the championship in April. So those are your scores from week one. Um, and then week two, you got the schedule right here. Um, I'm excited, man. Like, I'm, I'm going to watch all these games if I can. Um, I'm going to switch it back to me. So just, do, hey, how you doing? How you doing? But yeah, man. Um, so let's talk about the rules, though. The rules are very fascinating to me. And I love, you know, getting to know these rules, accepting these rules, because a lot of them do make a lot of sense. So I'm going to pull them up right here. And I'm going to talk to you as I uh, switch the screen right here. I won't show it because, you know, I can just talk about it. But, like, major rules, major changes that I felt were, you know, very noticeable and were very good. I keep saying very. I'm sorry. But um, the kickoff. Immediately as soon as that game starts, you see a different look on the kickoff. And I love it. Safety-wise, football-wise, it all makes sense. It's something the NFL should definitely consider. And I feel like the XFL was so innovative in this sense and ahead of its time that really, look at the NFL. How many big-name players ever since Devin Hester, Deshaun Jackson, the list goes on and on of you know past kickoff or punt returners that, that are special team gurus and can definitely make a difference in a game. After Devin Hester, after these different names that you can name off yourself as well, because I guarantee you your team had one guy in the past that did that, but the, the ones that stand out the most is like Devin Hester. How many of those guys really make a difference? How many of those guys really, really put special teams, kickoff returns, punt returns at a different level than any other team? You know, you got punt blocks, you got kickoff, like stops. A lot of those are touchbacks. A lot of great kickers in the league don't even kick in the end zone. They kick it to the actual like goal itself. So how, how can you be safe or call yourself a safe game when you're still having these plays that are probably the most detrimental to safety in, in football in general? And especially at a, a young age, a young level of peewee football, middle school or high school, all these guys are running 20 miles an hour, 15 to 20 miles an hour at one guy. And you're causing injuries left and right. Think of how many special teams players get hurt because they have to play another position, but they're also on the special teams. There's a lot of it. So the way that the XFL did it, and I find it so innovative, is the fact that the, the actual kicker kicks from his own 30-yard line. His whole unit, his whole line, is at the 35-yard line of the opposing side. And the opposing team's line is at the 30, only a five-yard difference between the two. And then you have the kick returner probably 10 yards, 15 yards back. And that's when, when, the, when the actual play starts is when the kick returner has the ball in his hands. So that five-yard gap between the two, as soon as that kickoff returner has the ball, they go at each other. But there's only five yards instead of like 40 or 50 yards difference. So the collision is not as hard. The speed, momentum-wise, is not as hard. The, the actual kickoff team has an advantage because the way that those lines judge who has the ball, like when the, the kickoff returner has the ball, is by looking at the ref and saying, when he has it, you put like the, the shoulder down and you put the arm down. 
But really, the kickoff return or kickoff team has an advantage because they're constantly looking at the kickoff returner. So as soon as he has the ball, I mean, they don't even have to wait for the ref. The, the other team, the returning team, has to wait for the referee on the other side to see it. I know I'm all over the place, but I'm just trying to make sense of this, and I hope you're keeping up. But, like, watch a game. It, it all makes sense. So the kickoff team has the advantage. So they have the quick step or the one-two step advantage in order to get to the kickoff returner faster. Really, though, I think the kickoff team has a solid advantage still because of the fact that, like, just because there's five-yard difference between those two lines, you have one block, and if you have a speedy guy as your returner, you have to beat that one wave, and then you're gone. All you have to do is beat the, the kickoff guy, and that's it. But when I watch that, there's been a lot of solid returns for good field position at, like, the 30, 35, and that's way better than, like, automatically getting touchback or, or fair catching the ball in the end zone, getting a really bad kickoff return at like the 15 or 20 after a big hit but it could cause injuries so many factors are now eliminated it's so much easier and safer for the game and for the people that are like well that's not football then dude have you seen the amount of players that get paralyzed from kickoff returns or being on the kickoff team i don't want that i don't watch football to see a guy paralyzed i see a good wholesome game where it's physical but try to be safe as possible. These guys put their bodies on the line every single week on a weekly basis. I mean, they get five five days of rest. That You try putting on some pads and getting trucked by, let's say, Ray Lewis. And you say, I have to go play another game five days from now. I ain't doing that. This is why I do this shit. This is why I talk about it. I don't, I don't play it. Because I ain't taking a hit from Ray Lewis, man. Have you seen Chida Ocho Singles play? He's like, I got to stop getting hit by Ray Lewis. And he was like, that that was Ray Lewis. It's like, dude, uh-uh. I'll talk about it all day. But as long as the, the, the integrity of the game is safe, I love it. I think kickoff returns are a, an important part of the game. However, I don't think they're useful enough in the NFL anymore. And I think the XFL has put a great alternative to that that is very safe, that is very, like, in innovative and should really be copied by a lot of teams a lot of leagues around the world especially the nfl uh, another one that that's that's changed as full as far as rules wise is the point after touchdown no extra points from a kicker it is all done by the offense itself which is awesome as far as like energy and and um kind of like anxiety or or build up to a game, you know, when it's close and you're down by two, you're down by three, you don't have to wait for another possession to get a chance. You can do it straight from that one touchdown that can really change the outcome of a game. But point after touchdown, keep up with me now. So no kicks as far as an extra point. You can either go for one extra point at the two-yard line, but you still got to use your offense throughout any one of these options. You can go at the five-yard line for a two-point conversion, or you can go from the 10-yard line for a three-point conversion, which I think is awesome. Because how many times have you seen in the NFL to where, you know, they're two possessions down, they get a touchdown, and they still get that that two-yard or two-point conversion, yet they still need a field goal. Well, how about they get the six points, and they're still down by three, Motherfucker, if there's no time left in the game, bitch, go for three. Let's do it. I mean, you get to see some awesome play calls and some 
really creative things. If you go for three points, and especially at the 10-yard line, we have some room to work with in the red zone. Hell, offenses would like that a lot more. I love the rule. I, I think extra points in the NFL, they've made it harder because they pushed it back. So now it's longer than, let's say, a 20-yard field goal or extra point. So now it's like a 30-yarder. It's still a chip shot for a lot of kickers. And some of them miss it. However, like I think it actually puts a lot more pressure on the kickers itself because like let's say they don't have to go for the extra point. It's all done by field goals. So the one or two times that you're on the field, um, especially in the Renegades and um, and Battlehawks game where it was just field goals upon field goals, that's a game of kickers. You know, there's no extra points done, yet they still feel like an important part of the game because if they miss those field goals, then <laughs> boy, you ain't going to have a job next week. That's how critical those those kickers are, those field goals are, because you're now limited even more. Let's say you don't find the end zone at all. Well, now you either hit field goals or you lose because there's no point in a kicker if you're not going to have extra points. It's all done by your offense, and that puts more pressure on the offense too. But a solid offense, a creative and high-octane offense, imagine if the if the Chiefs played in the XFL well, I mean, that would be ridiculous, but imagine Patrick Mahomes like had to go for a two-point conversion, three-point conversion every single time to catch up at a game. Even in a game like the Houston Texans where they're down 24 to nothing. Hell, imagine they went for three points every single time. Dude, that'd be awesome. That'd be lit. The crowd gets going. The crowd's into it. It's it's meant to to fit more to the fan base and more to the fans itself to stay within the game. Let's say it's a boring game. Well, hey, how about a three-point conversion? Why not on a touchdown? I think it's awesome. I think it's great. Um, the double forward pass behind the line of scrimmage. So you can throw it once to a check down. But then if you're still behind the line of scrimmage, that running back can throw it again forward, which is cool. It's creative. I mean, I haven't seen it so far. I don't know if it was done this weekend. But, dude, imagine a Wildcat offense or like an Andy Reid West Coast offense where you know, trick plays and flea flickers are all across the field. Um, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Um, what other rule that I saw? Oh, on the kickoff, I forgot to mention that if that ball is not kicked past the 20-yard line, if it hits before the 20-yard line, the returning team actually gets the ball on the 45-yard line of the opposing team, which is awesome. I love that, dude. It's it's basically like having it kick out of bounds. Yeah, instead of getting it on like the 45-yard line of your side, boy, you fucked up because now it's on your side of the field at the 45-yard line. So the kickers, even more critical. Even though your job somewhat gets easier, now your job gets harder because if you make one mistake, you're out of there. We're going to get some random dude from like a soccer field and he's going to kick it as hard as he can. That's cool. We're going to work with that. I love it. I love it. So let's let's talk about the actual timing changes um, on the play clock, on the running game clock. I think it's really good for the game and football in general because one of the things that Mitz McMahon and the, the, the league really focused on when they started this was NFL games go too long. They, they go way too long. They go four hours, if not more, especially in the Super Bowl where it can go like five or six hours with the halftime show and everything like that. 
Um, they wanted a shorter and more consumable game. And I'm going to say consumable a lot in this podcast because I felt, in my opinion, that the, the game of XFL is so consumable and so easy to watch. And it really has to do a lot with the timing changes. So instead of a 40-second game uh, play clock, it's a 25-second play clock. So now it's an accelerated offense to where you're basically running no huddle. You're running a hurry-up offense, which helps with just offense in general. It's more focused on the offense, so defenses get tired a lot easier. So you score a lot more points. That's why the over-unders for this weekend was like 50 or plus more. And that's fun. That's fun to watch. You want to watch as many points as possible. It's like watching the All-Star game. You watch it because of the points. You don't watch it because of defense. That's what the XFL is trying to do. They want more points to keep you invested and keep you interested in the game itself. So 25-second play clock. You have to hurry up to the uh, the, to the line of scrimmage. Um, you got the running game clock, which is interesting once it gets down past two minutes. So after the two-minute warning, then... If the ball stays inbounds, I say you catch the ball in the middle of the field, you have no timeouts, which now has two timeouts. Not three in the NFL, it's two in the XFL. Let's say you run out of timeouts. You catch the ball in the middle of the field, you don't get out of bounds. So, much like college, even if you don't get a first down, you get the, the game clock stopped. And as soon as the ball spot is put into place, because there's now one ref that only does the ball spot. And they're in a red hat. So their main job is to make sure that ball spot is accurate and make sure it's put in time. As soon as the ball spot is placed, then there's a five-second runoff of the actual game clock. So you still sacrifice some, some time, yet it's not as bad as 10, 15 seconds, which a lot of teams in the NFL really hurt at when they're under two minutes in the first or second half. And then if you go out of bounds... The, the time stops. Now, this is where I got a little confused because some games went weird with this because it would still go on. It would still continue to run. So I, I want to see it for another week or so before I really get a clarification on how that rule works. That was the only real confusion I had on the rules itself was that one, one, uh, one game, it was like running play clock, running game clock, and then one was stopped completely. I just didn't understand it completely on like a game on ESPN or on Fox. And the commentators just didn't know either. I think they're still getting an idea of how that works as well. Uh, the refs did a very good job, I think, as far as overall uh, rulings and how they judge penalties, how they judge like pass interference and all that. Let's see how that goes. I want to see how they judge like roughing the passer, pass interference itself. Like in the Houston Roughnecks and, and Wildcats game, they let them play. Pass interference-wise, they were very physical between a corner and a, and a wide receiver. So, you know, let, let's just see how that goes for uh, the remainder of the season itself. So then, replay rulings. Let's see how that goes after that. Some common sense rules according to the XFL is one foot inbounds during a catch. Who knows what the fuck catch is at this point. But it's the college rule to where you don't need two foot or two feet inbounds, you only need one foot, which is nice because it just allows for more amazing catches overall. And if you get two feet down, cool. That only helps your like your stock in getting to the NFL, which is pretty nice. Uh, the ball spotting official, like I just mentioned, the coaching and player, let's say coaching to quarterback communication, does not stop after like 20 seconds on the play clock. It stops, or it never stops. You can literally communicate with your coach if you're a quarterback, even 
as the ball is snapping. So let's say an audible has to happen or they misread something. They can quickly judge that and they can communicate to each other, which I think is awesome. I like that a lot. And one of the greatest things that I enjoyed watching the XFL this, this uh, weekend was the fact that the communication, like you get to hear what the coaches, the coaches are saying, the plays are actually calling. And if there's any problems going on with the quarterback to any players or vice versa with the coach to the player, you get to hear it. You get to hear like the, the personality of a, a certain coach. You get to hear the personality of a certain player. And I love that, man. It gets you more invested. You feel more intact and closer to the game by feeling like it's like a Madden game or NFL street game where you get to hear those guys on the field. You get that a little bit of a sense in the NFL. Yet, you know, let's say someone drops the F-bomb. Well, they're going to stop that completely in the NFL and they're really not going to allow you to hear anything on the field. Along with those interviews on the sideline to where they're basically talking to a coach and like saying, hey, how did that drive go? How did you feel like this went wrong? How this went right? Yes, you know, some things like I, I wish you wouldn't have to do that every single like drive or every single quarter. You know, do that periodically like throughout the game, maybe once or twice, yet not like four or five times on the sideline. I would like to hear more of the coaches, though, you know, not their their plays itself, because that could give up a lot. Uh, to opposing teams yet yeah, hearing them talk to to the actual quarterback and and, and the uh, announcers saying oh like cheetah was a part of this play that they called so this is actually when you're going to see this re wide receiver go up the seam or go into the slot run a curl route or something because then you're like wow this actually i get to learn plays too it, it feels more investment it feels more connected with the audience which i love so much i loved it so much uh shorter halftime so as the game progresses your time of the whole broadcast itself is now limited it's not four or five hours like an nfl game they're just trying to get something fast and just casually watch it which i love i really love this i can't talk to you enough about how much i love the xfl so far it's not perfect it's definitely not at the same level personally as the NFL is, but man, it's football. And I think they did a great job of adding some credibility to it, adding some personality to it. And all in all, I think it's a great start for the XFL and I'm excited for the rest of the season, man. It's, it's just casual. It's just nice to watch. You can have it in the background like I am doing right now. I don't feel like I'm missing anything big, but those highlights are going to be on like XFL.com. They're going to be on Twitter. They're going to be on Instagram. It's nice. It's just cool to watch. And then what what I thought when I was initially watching the XFL, and I, they did an interview, and I can't remember his name, but they were talking to him because he had three torn ACLs, a broken back, and he's still playing in the XFL. And that's stories, man. I, I think that in the long term, the XFL should focus more on guys like that, that either never made it into the league, that never got a chance in the league. And go stray away from a Cardell Jones, stray away from a Landry Jones that have NFL experience and focus more on the underdog stories of a guy that's had three torn ACLs and never got a chance in the league. How about a guy that just came out of college straight to the XFL or hell, even, I don't know what the rule is for college in XFL, but what if a guy goes straight from high school and wants to play immediately? There's no point in playing in college for one or two years if you're just not going to go to class or take dumb classes like yoga, Mar Marcus Mariota, I'm talking to you. 
but go straight from high school, have your first like Kobe or, or LeBron, and just go straight into the XFL, build your resume from there, and then find your way into the NFL and see if that's like a loophole to, to go away from college, you know, which a lot of guys like just don't do at the end of their, their college or NFL career. So why should the XFL be any different in that aspect? But focus more on those guys that you never heard of. I, I like that Sean Oakman, like Coney Ely, Cardell Jones, all these different names are coming about. Like they're finally getting their chance again. And you, you feel like, oh, this is actually legit because I know those names. But let's say two or three years down the road, you want that 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 shooting star of a player that came out of nowhere. And now he has taken over the league as the MVP. I think that's where the XFL wants to go from this point on. And I expect... Right now, I don't know what their deal is. Probably, I think it's like two or three years as far as being on television. I, I think if this year goes well, they're going to extend that and keep it around for a while. Not like the AAF that was last year. Dear God, that was awful. Um, and then we're, we're going to start to see a lot more NFL guys come into play. Let's say a backup quarterback. Like, uh, let's let's use the Cowboys for an example. Like, uh, like Cooper Rush or Hell. I mean, let's say you had a team like the Patriots a few years ago, or it was Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Bursett, and they were had to wait a few years before they got their chance. How about just go into the XFL for a while and make a deal, put him, put them on loan like you do in soccer. You know, he plays for the Patriots, but we're gonna loan him out to the to the Dallas Renegades for a little bit, and then when we feel like he's ready, when we feel like we're ready to move on from our quarterback now, bring him back in, and he has some experience fully in a hostile environment of football. So I think great things are coming for the XFL. It's a great way to start the weekend and great way to start off the season. Some great things. There's obviously some things that they need to work on, but I, I love it, man. I love it so much. So give me your thoughts. Um, if you're listening on YouTube or you're watching on YouTube, put down in the comments below, who is your favorite team so far? Who's your favorite player? And what your thoughts on the XFL is right now. Same thing if you're on Spotify or, or Apple Podcasts. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Instagram. And tell me your thoughts on the XFL so far. And if you did watch it at all or your thoughts on not watching it, why you don't watch it. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts. And um, we're, we're going to do some more XFL stuff. I, I want to see where I go. I kind of want to do live streams for it too. Um, now that I feel more comfortable with the XFL, how about we'll do live streams on Saturday nights or uh, Sunday nights. To where we can watch a game together and you know talk about what they can improve on and what makes the xfl great right now so uh, we'll do that later on you know as the the weeks go by so thank you for listening to episode 112 of the bubble up sports podcast uh, i don't think i missed anything um i know that with like showing my display i hope i can you know break down some plays like i used to on the on the actual cowboy game reviews Hopefully I can do that with some XFL stuff or NFL stuff down the road. But yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, make sure to go on those websites that I talked about. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram. Um, it'll be in the uh, comments down below for YouTube and also on the Spotify and Apple podcast. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And we'll see you next time on the Bubble of Sports Podcast.